Uh, someone this morning asked about my jacket. You know, this is a PGA jacket. They gave it to me for not playing. You think this one's loud? You ought to see uh, Jerome James. He came to visit my house, stayed the night, talked about my jackets. I said, go up in the closet and pick some out. He took the loudest jackets I had. I'm kind of glad because, you know, I'm getting too old to wear them old jackets anyway. But uh, he's a great guy. We appreciate him. Uh, I thought about the minister that was called to the nursing home to perform a wedding. And uh, when he got to the nursing home, he didn't know the gentleman. But he came as he walked through the door. There was an anxious older gentleman standing there. And he greeted him and said, You're the minister. And he said, Yes, sir, I am. He said, I'm the fellow that wants to get married. He said, Well, let's sit down and let's talk about this. So they began to ask questions. And he said, well, he said that you want to get married at this age. And he said, well, is, is she a Christian? He said, well, I, I really, I'm really not sure about that. He said, well, let me ask you this. Do you love her? He said, uh, I think I do. He said, well, why at your age do you want to marry He said, because she can drive at night. (laughs) Lots of reasons. Well, I, I, I always appreciate those little things that I pick up along the way, but I want to share with you this morning about, uh, choices, choices that we make. Do you realize that every person has a divine destiny? I don't care who they are. Every person has a divine destiny. And if you want to fulfill that destiny, you must first of all know that God has a divine purpose for your life. No matter who you are, there's a divine purpose. You can achieve, you can't achieve your purpose until you know you have one. And so Jeremiah talks about that. My wife loves this scripture. She writes it on all kinds of cards to people. Jeremiah 11, or chapter 29, verse 11 says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. You know, the devil today would make us believe that we are destined for pain, for heartache, that we are destined for defeat and sorrow. But I want you to know that by the cross of Jesus Christ, He has already paid the price for you to be able to have and hold the key to the future. I thought about a story that I read uh, some months ago and about a boy that was born with cerebral palsy. He couldn't talk. He couldn't read. You know, as his mother prayed and prayed and prayed and never gave up. By the time he was ten years old, she finally realized there's a way that I can help him. 
And so she began to talk through his eyes and through a little chart that he had she would write things on. And he began to communicate. And one day someone asked him, they said, how do you feel about not living without ever being able to communicate and talk. How do you like this? And he said, oh, it is wonderful that my mother had prayed so hard for me, and now I can communicate with my family and friends. I want you to know that when I thought about that story, Jonathan's story is a profound moving that leads us to realize that God is able to unlock you from the circumstances you're in. There are a lot of people that are, feel like they're locked in certain circumstances. But I want you to know that we all have two choices. You have the choice to give in in life to the circumstances that you're in today. And say, I'll never be any better. I'll never be able to do that. I'll never be able to achieve this. Or you can say, I'm a child of God and I have a destiny. I know that God has something better for me. And I'm going to reach for that. But once you know that God has a future for you, a plan for you, a way for you, that He wants you to prosper, and He wants to give you great health. When I read that Scripture, you know, a lot of people want to use that thinking that prosperity is all money. It's all the big things you can gather, but it's not that at all. God wants you to prosper in your spiritual life. He wants you to become what He wants you to become. He wants to be a child that He can be proud of just as you would be proud of your children. So when I begin to think about this, the Bible is full of examples of people who have faced the same two choices. But they call on the Lord through faith. And through their faith and their calling upon Jesus Christ in the time of their circumstances, God made a change in their life. We all look for the Scriptures today, and I want to look through some of them, because the question that I want you to think about In every one of these examples that come from the Bible, I want you to think about a question. Where do we go from here? What do we do? Where do we go from here? And the first one I want you to look at comes from the story that all of us have read many, many times of the the beggar, blind beggar by the name of Bartimaeus. He's found in Mark 10. In the 10th chapter, Bartimaeus is blind. I want you to think about this. Bartimaeus was blind. But, think of what, in that day, there was no government welfare funds for him. In that day, in blindness, there was no vocational training. In that day of Bartimaeus' life, he was regulated to beg on the roadside. There was no other way for him to make it in life. Imagine Bartimaeus as the people and animals pass by as he sat there on the road to Jericho. Every day he would sit there begging and pleading for someone to give him something. I've been in that land. It's nothing but dust and dirt. And here he sat day after day, and as the animals passed by, and the dirt went up in the air, it came down all over him, in his hair, in his face, all over his clothing. And this day he was sitting by the roadside from Jericho. The dirt and the dust settled on his clothes, on his face. He smelt the food of people as they walked by. 
eating as they were making their journey. They were carrying along with them. And, and his, he was hungering and he, he had nothing to eat. And he could think of that smell of that food just hoping that he could get a morsel of it. But every day he lived this way. He sits there with hope that somehow, just somehow, another day that he could just make it and get through life. If I can just sit here one more day, Lord, if I can just have one more day of life, that I can still be able to beg. The commotion of the crowd was large. And he probably thought, my, it's probably a very progressive time when there's a big crowd of people, when just a few people passed on the road to Jericho where he was sitting, maybe he got a few coins. But this day, there was a large crowd. He began to think, maybe maybe this is the day they'll fill my basket. Maybe I'll get more than I've ever gotten before. He could have sat there and thought about those things. There's a great stir as he learns of Jesus of Nazareth coming by. Bartimaeus realizes that this is his opportunity. This is his opportunity. This is his day. So what does he does from this moment on does not rest in the hands of God. Remember this. It didn't rest in the hands of God. It didn't rest in the hands, my friend, of the accumulated coins. It didn't rest in the hands of the religious leader. It rested solely in the mind and the heart of blind Bartimaeus. What can I do? What shall I do this day? What, 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 where do I go from here? He's thinking. And so he had to make a choice. Some of you have been there. Where do we go from here? He does not let the crowd go by. You see, just to accumulate a few coins, he could have done that. Or does he turn his, his mind to the one that is passing by? A man by the name of Jesus of Nazareth. A man that he heard about that had opened the eyes of the blind in the past, that had made the lame the walk. And this man, they said, had all these miracles. Now, blind Bartimaeus was blind, and that was his, his entire life. But this day, he began to think. He began to dream. He began to realize, God made me, and He's got a destiny for me. And so that day, instead of asking for coins, he stood to his feet. He screamed to the top of his voice, Jesus, thou Son of David, have mercy on me. And the Bible says Jesus stopped. And Jesus reached out to blind Bartimaeus that day. He didn't let the crowd accumulate, just accumulate coins. He turned for the help that was there. It doesn't take long for him to make up his mind on this. In faith, Bartimaeus called out to Jesus. And the amazing thing is, he chose his destiny and he received his sight. Let me tell you this morning, I don't care what your circumstances is. The problem that most people have today is that they boo-hoo and they downgrade God by saying these are the circumstances. We need to realize. You know, there's a saying that goes, I hear it all the time. I was at a hospital three times this week and I heard this saying over and over. It is what it is. It is what it is. Let me tell you something. It isn't is what it is. It is what you believe God for. Blind Bartimaeus said, I'm tired of being blind. I'm tired of being filthy. I'm tired of being a beggar. I want to be more than that. And God brought healing to his body. You see, he changed his circumstances 
the destinies. You can, and my friend, you can, uh, in this sanctuary even today, you can ask the question, where do I go from here, Lord? Where do I go from the problems that I'm facing, the circumstances that I'm You must move out of your seat and come in mercy and ask God for it. God, my friend, is not just going to come and just lay it on you. You need to ask for it. The Bible says we have not because we ask not. Well, there's a second thing we want to look at. There's those outcasts, those lepers, in the chapter of 17, the book of Luke. And you'll notice that the ten lepers were outcasts from society. They lived outside of town. You see, because when you had leprosy, you couldn't live among people. It was a dump pile. You know, when I think about this, I think about going through places as I travel. I'll never forget going traveling from Texas up, coming through Memphis, Tennessee, and looking over and begin to ask questions. What's all that smoke and burning over there? I thought they had a forest fire. They said, no, that's the city dump. That's the city dump. They, back in those days, they, they would burn stuff. And then they'd bury the ashes. And that's exactly what the Scripture tells us that these men were. They were taken out of the city because of leprosy. They were in the ash pile of society out at the end of town. And the reason was is because, you see, these lepers, one day they were there, they were dying, and their flesh-eating disease, the desire that was upon them, and, and they couldn't help themselves. And so they heard one day, one day as Jesus was entering the town, you see, they were at the edge, and as Jesus began to come to town, they began to ask questions, and people said, that's Jesus of Nazareth. And they asked themselves the question, where do we go from here? What do we do now? And they decided to go to Jesus. They decided that if this man could do what they said he could do, if he had the power to do that, then we don't want to sit in our circumstances. We want something to happen in our lives. And so what did they do? The Bible says that they decided, and as he was passing by the lepers, you see again, they had to ask. The lepers stood up, and they came, and people you can't get near. You're not allowed to do that. But they said, this is our one chance. And so they cried out, Jesus of Nazareth, have mercy on us. And you know what the amazing thing was? Jesus said, this is something that I caught my eye this week. When Jesus saw them, He reached out to them and He said to them, go and show yourself to the priest. Now He didn't say, you're healed. He didn't say, be healed. Jesus said, go show yourself to the priest. You know why? Because in the old law, the only one that could cleanse them again or could pronounce them cleansed was the priest. And so the Bible says they went. Now the amazing thing is that I think we need to catch a hold of is that they did not doubt. They didn't for a moment say, well, we still got leprosy. It's still Our body's still looking a mess. We can't go to that breach looking like this. No, they believed the Word of God. They believed Jesus' Word. And the Bible says as they went, verse 14 says, as they went, they were healed. You see, sometimes... We sit in our pews and we say, God, I just hurt all over. I'm just miserable. My life's a mess. My family's a mess. My job's a mess. And I don't know what to do. And you sit there in boo-hoo for yourself and say, it is what it is. No, it doesn't have to be that. My friend, the moment that you take that step of faith, the moment that you stand to your feet, the moment that you change your outlook, the moment that you realize, I've got a destiny that God didn't intend for me to live this way. The moment that you respond to that, God responds to you. 
You see, the reason we don't have a lot of the things we have is because we're, we become lazy. We think God's going to do it. He's going to come and, and do everything. My friend, there's an effort that you and I have to put forth with it. And so when I begin to think about these, these folks, you know, as they responded to Jesus, then He changed their destiny. As you respond to Jesus, He will change your destiny. The lepers called out to Jesus and they chose their destiny and their whole life became different. They become healed. Then there's a third one. The woman that was sick. The Bible says in Mark 5 that there was a woman who had bleeding for 12 long years. If you don't think they're long, you, you ever get sick. Ask Sister Beverly today. This has been the longest two weeks in her life, she said. I, I, I just don't know when it's all going to live. I don't know when it's going to all be over. Can you imagine a woman that had this issue for 12 years? She had gone to every doctor there was. Every surgeon she heard that could help somebody, she went to them. The Bible says that she searched and she traveled and went to every doctor she could find to get a cure, but, but grew nothing but the worst, and he took all her money. She had nothing left. Some of you have been there. You know what I'm talking about. She didn't get better. Instead, she grew worse. She heard of Jesus and asked the question, Where do I go from here? Where do I go now? And Jesus began to come. Where do I go? And Jesus said, If I... She said to herself, if I can just, I don't have to talk to him. I don't have to, I don't have to have him respond to me. If I can just touch the hem of his clothes. That's faith, my friend. If I can just touch the hem of his clothes. You see, our same faith is. He said, when we come to church and we're not well and we have problems, if we just come to an altar and say, I, I, you know, I, if I can just have the saints lay their hands on me, if I can just have them anoint me with oil, if they can just pray the prayer of faith, I'll be well. That's exactly what that woman would say. If I can just touch the hem of his clothes, I shall be whole. She finds Jesus. And when you find Jesus, there's always a crowd. I mean, this woman had been weakened because of the bleeding. She could hardly stand up. But she said, if I can just touch Him, I've got to get to Him. And so she pressed her way through the crowd. I'm sure there were people that knocked her from one side to another, but she was determined to get to Jesus. And she determined to get to Him. And if I can just touch His clothes. And she reached out. And when she touched Him, Jesus immediately stopped. You know the Scripture. Jesus said, who touched me? And the, and the disciples like us, Lord, thousands of people around, crowd everywhere, and you ask, who touched me? He knew because, you see, her faith had caused the virtue of healing to come out of her. And he touched her. And the Bible tells us that many times he, he, she had been in, in her processions. And how many times? But this woman chose to press through the crowd. She reached out and Jesus changed her destiny. Instantly, the Bible says, the blood disease dried up. Let me tell you something. I've known people that had things for years and years and years. And they dealt with it and they lived with it. Until one day somebody come along and said, you know what, Jesus is in the business of taking care of those things. 
Maybe 10, 15 years. I've had people say, man, I've, I've lived in the world and I, I've, I've heard that message, but I never believed it. Until one day they reached out by faith and they came to Jesus and told Him of their situation and asked God to correct that situation. Give them a destiny. And God did. And they were healed. I had a young boy, one of our pastors, about 14 years old. Got involved with our youth group. Had a large youth group. They loved the Lord. They'd all sit up front. Then every Sunday, I'd have the first three or four pews on both sides just filled with young people. And Mike came. And those young people knew evangelism. They knew you had to love people. And they loved Mike. But I'm going to tell you something. Mike was born with a hole in the top of his mouth. His lip was kind of stirred to the side. He wore real thick glasses. He wasn't the best looking guy in the world. And he could hardly understand him when he talked. But Mike got saved. And Mike got saved. Mike began to, to listen to the message and he began to say, you know, you know, preacher, I don't know why the Lord left me. Why I was born this way. Why, what, what that was wrong that happened to me? And, and I said, well, the only thing I can tell you is, is that the Bible says sometimes these things happen that the, that God's Power can be seen. And Mike, we're going to pray for you. And I'm going to tell you something. We prayed and the youth group prayed for him. We had a doctor in the church. And the doctor had a friend who knew how to correct those things. They took him over to Youngstown, Ohio. And the first surgery, I mean, tell you, young people gathered that night and they prayed and they prayed and prayed for Mike. They prayed because Mike was scared to death. I mean, he, he had never had surgery. And they went in and they corrected that hole in the upper part of his mouth. And you know what? He began to speak a little better. He was able to get his breath without gagging. And, and you know, he was able to drink a little bit. And the next thing you know, they, they, they got so enclosed, the doctor even himself, they decided to send him to a, 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 a doctor that could correct that, 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 that lip that was messed up. And you know what? They corrected it. And Mike began to talk pretty plain. <laughs> and, and you know, he was on fire for the Lord. I mean, he knew God was in this thing. And I'll never forget the night that he knelt in an altar and said, Pastor, I believe God's called me to ministry. Well, we had some folks in the church said, Oh, Mike in ministry? Do you know what? He, he began to pray. He began to think about that. And you know what? All of a sudden, he decided that he was called to God and he was going to go down there to Gulf Coast Bible College. My son had come home, flew him home. He got a round trip ticket. And so Mike was happy as could be. He was going to fly to Houston as Jimmy Swagger. We give him a ticket. He flew to Texas. I mean, it took him six years. But Mike got through that college. And I'll never forget it. I'll never forget when he got his first assignment as a youth pastor and he sent me the letter and he said, I want you to tell everybody. Why? Because Mike didn't settle for circumstances. Mike believed there was a destiny beyond that. My friend, the problem we have today is, is that we are too satisfied in the circumstances. We, we'd rather be, be grumbly about things. We'd rather be second rate than being first rate for God. Let me tell you something we need to realize today that God never intended you to have to live in your circumstances. You know, there's another one. As a woman of issue of blood was being touched, to him of the garment and Jesus was taking care of her. You've got to remember her. He was on his way to the house 
of Jairus, the leader. And as Jarvis was there, I'm sure Jarvis got a little nervous. Now, Jarvis was going to take Jesus. He was walking with Jesus when Jesus was interrupted. Can you imagine? Just, just think about this. You're, you're all set. You're prepped for surgery. And, and here comes, they wheel you into that waiting area, and, and then you're there, and they got all these things on you, and you're ready to go to major surgery, and then they say, well, the doctor's been interrupted. He's got to be fly down to Columbus or someplace and do a surgery. And there you lay and you're thinking, man, I'm at death's door and he's flying down there. I, I can imagine some of those thoughts went through Jarvis's mind. The Bible says that as Jarvis waited, as Jarvis was waiting, think of this, he had a daughter that was at death's door. Jesus was going there to heal her and was interrupted. And you know what? Isn't that the way it always is? The old devil flares up. While Jarvis was waiting and he was trusting, here came somebody running as fast as they could out of breath and said, don't bother him. Your daughter's dead. She died. Jesus must have read the thoughts in Jarvis's mind because it doesn't say it in the Scripture. But you know, i got an imagination. You know that. I can almost imagine Jesus... Reading the mind of Jarvis. And Jesus walked over to Jarvis and said, Have faith. Don't fear. Jarvis probably said, what, what, Where do I go from here? Do I leave Jesus and go to my family? Do, do I go and try to comfort my wife? Do I go and try to comfort my relatives? Do I go back to the house because my daughter, after all, she's dead? Or do I stay with Jesus? And do I just walk at a slow pace until we get there? Well, you see, he made a decision. His decision was is not get overexcited, not to doubt, just stay with Jesus. Because he remembered Jesus said, don't fear, everything's going to be okay. When they got to the house, of course, they were all set. They were ready for, you know, back then, they celebrated when somebody died. And so they were all ready, and the, all the people were there. And Jesus came in and put them all out. He said, where is she? He walked into the room where the young girl they thought had died. Jesus took her by the hand. He said, she's only asleep. And He wakened her. And she stood. And she walked to the table and ate with them. Circumstances depends on you. You can either accept the circumstances you're in or you can believe the Word of God that there is a destiny for you. That God did not determine, did not bring you into this world to let you be defeated by the devil. And the devil plants more thoughts and more things in the minds of people than you can even imagine today. And so I begin to think about it. Jarvis chose to take Jesus at His Word. He continued with Jesus, and it changed the destiny not only of him, not only of his family, of his daughter. You see, we all have choices. You have a choice today to live with your circumstances or to believe in your destiny. Where you go? Where will you go from here today? Where will you go with what's happening in your life right now? The answer is really up to you. 
Will you choose to stay in the situation you're in? Will you choose to just not try to get out of it and try to be better and do better? And and sometimes, you know, we get to the place to where people actually get secure in it. Yeah, that's biblical. You remember the man that was at the pool of Salaam? You remember how he sat there by the pool and, and you know, it said when the, when the angel troubled the water, the first one in would get healed and he had been there for years. He'd sat right at the edge. He got so comfortable sitting there and visiting with everybody that when the angel troubled, everybody else got in but him. But you know what happened? He complained. He said, Lord, I'm in this circumstance and everybody else gets it except me. You see, the reason was is he was lazy. The reason sometimes people are in the circumstance they're in today, they're just spiritually lazy. They don't simply go to the Word and say, what do you have for me? What's the answer you're going to give me today? What's the encouragement you're going to give me? It's easier to sit and complain and ask everybody else to pray for you. I shouldn't have said that, but it's true. It's true. You know, that's the way we do at the end of the day. But you know what? We need to fight. Will you choose to stay in the situation of life that you've always been in because it, you, it seems to be secure? Or will you move in the direction that God has for you? His path leads to divine destiny. I'm not saying it's easy. It's not easy. It's never easy. Let me tell you something. It's not easy. And, and the things will happen. And, and sometimes it doesn't happen overnight. Sometimes we just got to keep trusting and keep believing and keep trusting and keep believing until one day it comes to fruitation. You see, that's what life is all about. The Bible talks about the fight of faith in Timothy. Paul was trying to say to Timothy that you've got to fight for the faith. Stay in the faith even when things don't go well. You see, it is by faith and patience that we inherit the promises of God. You've got to have faith and you've got to have patience. As you learn to walk with God, you become stronger and continually you ask Him every day, where do we go from here? What do I do in this situation? What do you want of me, Lord? Will you fulfill your destiny if you boldly press on the only way? Sometimes we've got to be bold enough. Don't turn and run. Don't run from the situation. Don't run because something... Stop trying to plan your own life and follow God's plan. See, that's, that's a message we need in the church. That's a message we need even here today at Bars Mills. You see, this committee that meets looking for new direction, they pray. Now, we can have a plan. We can say this is what we want and this is what we need and this is what will be. And, and you know, we have all this planned out. Now when we find this person that fits in this screen, in this picture, this is the guy or the gal that we want. Let me tell you something. We don't pray that way. We pray, God, whatever we need. God might not send somebody in here to shake us all up. And that's okay. Because the only way we're going to grow is for to be challenged and for people to say things that, that, that will cause us to think about our circumstances and realize what our destiny is. You see, our destiny, we're, many times we're kind of like the, the Sunday school teacher that was, you know, kind of testing the kids and, and she asked him, she said, how, how many of you here today want to go to heaven? 
Everybody in the room, raise your hand. Except one little boy in the back. She said, well, Timmy, you don't want to go to heaven? Oh, yeah. She said, why didn't you raise your hand? He said, I thought you was getting a carload today and I wasn't ready. <laughs> well, you know, I all want to go to heaven. But, but, but we want, we're, hoping, we're hoping for emergency deliverance in the last hour. My friend, you don't go to heaven by emergency. You go to heaven, let me tell you, you go to heaven by one day, one step, one foot in front of the other, one thought. Every day that you put your feet on the floor is one day closer to heaven. And you've got to keep walking and keep marching and keep going in that direction if you want to get there. So I ask this today. Stop trying to put your plan into action. Find out what God is has waiting for you and put His plan into action. Receive the best that He has for you in your life. Your divine destiny belongs to you, nobody else. You make that decision. I hear people say all the time, well, well, if God would have done this, or if the preacher would have done that, or if somebody in the church would have done this, let me tell you something, no decision is made by anybody else. God gives us the free will, and every one of us make a choice. I chose to serve the Lord. I chose to give my life to Christ. I chose to continue to do what I do even after retirement because, you see, I have a choice. I could have quit anywhere along the line. But it would have ruined my destiny. You see, my destiny is to stay in action and keep moving. Keep moving forward every day until one day God provides a need. What choice are you making today? What choice are you making today? Are you satisfied with just who you are and where you are and what's going on in your life? Or you feel like you need something more? You see, the choice is yours. You make the decision, nobody else. Jesus said, I have a plan for you. Do you know that? My plan for you is that you prosper and that you do not do you no harm. And my plan is to give you hope and a future. A hope and a future. Don't let the devil tell you that you have to live with your circumstances. You have a future with God, my friend. And you need to claim it. You need to get a hold of it. You need to press out. You need to either shout as these men did, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. And if you don't be a loud mouth like me, you can be like the little old lady with the issue and just reach out and touch His garment. Those who touch Jesus are never the same. Let's stand. Father, You know the hearts and the lives of those set here today. We all live with circumstances, Lord. Some of them not easy. Some of them difficult. But Lord, You said You were there to help us through every situation in life. Father, for every man, woman, boy, or girl that sits in this audience this morning, no matter how young or how old they are, Lord, You don't intend for them to just have to give in to their circumstances. Father, today we pray that You generate a hope and a faith and a trust that, God, You can change and give them a destiny with You. Speak to hearts and lives right now, Lord. And as we sing 
that need is there, help them to stand to their feet and make that move today to this altar and say, God, here I am. I want to be different. I want my situation to be different. And I'm trusting that you're going to help me with it today. Father, we'll give you the thanks for it. In Jesus' name we pray. Will you come as we sing?